0: Hey mama, hey mama, hey mama, what's she doing? Hello friends, welcome to co Parenting your Thrive Guide podcast. My name is Deborah Lanay and I am the host of the podcast and I am, as always, very grateful that you've chosen to join me again this week and for this week's episode, it is the final episode for the October series of the four agreements. And I hope that this has been a really good journey for you. And I hope that you have been able to make some shifts in your own life. And so welcome to the last series, the last episode of the October series. The fourth agreement is always do your best. Ruaz says in the book, under any circumstances, always do your best. No more and no less, but keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. And I think for me, that was very striking in that I always feel like I have to do my best all the time. And what this book helped me understand was that you're going to have moments where your best is is going to be less than your best on another day. And that is okay. The point is to always do your best. And the fourth agreement is the action of the first three. Enabling them to become habits. It is the agreement that asks you to do just enough, but not too much. And perfection is not the goal. And you know it never is. And doing our best means that we're going to fail and we're going to fall down and then we're going to get back up that's what we're going to do and for people that are overachievers i know there's a lot of over overachievers out there the path to personal growth is paved with lots of self-love and kindness and forgiveness and so not criticism or judgment or punishment And so, if you remember that, it helps get through always doing your best. Ruiz in the book explains that if, I'm going to quote here, if you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed. And in the end, your best will not be good enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body and you go against yourself and it will take you longer to accomplish their, your goal. But if you do less than your best, you're, you're, you subject yourself to frustration, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. And I think the misconception of energy and effort in in this book, kind of it spells out effort is big in our culture, right? So we think anything worth having has to be the result of very hard work. And the more hours we put into it, the better the results. And I don't necessarily believe that. So I have taken the approach in my own personal life that I kind of surrender to what flows easily. It doesn't mean I'm lazy and and I don't, I'm not prepared, but if something feels heavy and overwhelming, it means I'm pushing against the universe and I'm trying to force it. And when that happens, nothing works. In the book, um, Ruiz tells the story of a man who wanted to transcend his suffering. So he asked a Buddhist master, how long will it, will it take if he meditated for four hours a day? The master told him it would take perhaps 10 years. So the man asked how long it would take if he meditated for eight hours a day. And the master said, well, maybe 20 years. And he was confused by this. And and the master responded and said, if you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired and you'll miss the point and you won't enjoy your life do your best. And perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, you can love and be happy. If you've been in the beginnings of a relationship and say you really like someone and maybe they're not reciprocating the way you think that they should, when you try really hard to get a person to love you, it depletes your energy and it doesn't work. And when people that are pe people pleasers look for acceptance it robs you of yourself and when you move mountains trying to impress your boss who never even notices you you feel beaten down and this is all forced effort and it does not feel good and on the flip side have you ever felt or done something where you felt tired afterwards but also invigorated Maybe it was gardening or working with kids or building a website, whatever you enjoy that puts you in a state of flow, this kind of effort comes from joy and it's never depleting. There is a big difference between action and inspired action. And most people act when a reward is involved, like working for a paycheck, right? Rather than acting from a place of joy, if your action is inspired, it comes from your heart and not your head. And rewards may come, but that is not the motivation for your effort. In the book, one of the quotes is, when you are doing your best just for the pleasure of doing it, you are taking action because you enjoy the action. Action is about living fully. There's been a lot of talk about inspired action, because most people operate from their heads, right? Instead of taking small steps that originate from joy, they try to figure out everything mentally and make decisions from that place. And it doesn't work. You end up playing mental ping pong and second guessing yourself and attaching what you want to the outcome, right? So if you lead with your heart, Without an attachment to the outcome, the opportunities will open up. There's a quote by Mark um, Kegel, and it says, If I create from the heart, nearly everything works. If from the head, almost nothing. While each agreement is simple, it seems so simple, right? Executing them consistently is not easy, and especially in our personal intimate relationships. Or even in our co-parenting relationships. So you can always do your best. Say for instance, if there is an issue that's come up in your co-parenting relationship and to this week it went well and you and you did your best. And the following week it didn't go well and you still did your best. It's okay, right? And when we are triggered emotionally, taking something personally, it usually happens on autopilot. And the point of this is not to avoid being triggered, which probably isn't even possible. But it's rather to use those moments as an opportunity to feel your way through the negative beliefs that surface. The point is to be aware of what's happening so you can allow the emotions and then choose your next action. Because if you avoid them, we know that it still comes up, right? If we stuff it down, it still comes up. And the purpose of the agreements is not to beat yourself up, which hurts your growth more than it helps. This is especially important to remember in our co-parenting relationships where, you know, we have a tendency to maybe either under communicate or over communicate. You're going to slip up, right? And you're not going to do it perfectly. And that's okay. Okay. You can learn to forgive yourself, and even the other person, and and move on. The final agreement is really critical to having healthy relationships because it allows us to be our flawed, beautiful selves. I have read the book, The Four Agreements, several times um, in the past six months, and I get something from it each time that I read and. I know I've not mastered it, right? But I am doing my best to live its principles in my personal life and in my co-parenting journey with both of the people I co-parent with. And I know that there's no really technical destination that I'm trying to reach. I understand that. But what I do know is whenever I force something, or put forth an effort that drains me it doesn't lead me to what I want and this took me some time to realize and because sometimes I tend to overdo it and I want to be perfect so just thinking about when I was trying to do perfect and working so hard it's exhausting right and I'm grateful that I am working past that and moving on and doing my best without judgment is, is probably, I think it's hard. It's hard for me. Um, some are easier than others of these four attachments. But, you know, always do my best. It, there's like a fine line there. I work really hard at don't assume too often and don't take things too personally or go against myself. And once in a while, I, I will let my fear stand in the way of speaking my truth. But that too is something I feel like I am moving past. And all I can say is that every day, I will do my best. And the great thing about awareness is that it presents us the opportunity to make different choices. Another quote from the book is, if you're doing your best, you will feel good about yourself, even if you still make assumptions. You still take things personally, and you still are not impeccable with your word. I hope that if you've journaled this week, that you might want to go ahead and journal just to finish it out. What is something, these are some questions you can ask yourself in the journal. What is something you constantly overdo or put extra effort towards that deplete you? It could be work, making dinner, cleaning, keeping in touch with family caring for someone just write it down now what would happen if you put forth half that effort would you disappoint someone Would something terrible happen and just sit with those feelings and imagine what would happen another question you could journal is what is something you put effort into that you love where in the end you might be tired, but not depleted, you feel a sense of joy and or accomplishment, and you might even feel invigorated. What you do, what you feel after engaging in one of these activities, and then write that down. Can you see how these feelings are different from the activities that you overdo? And just try from every day from this day forward, write the below in your journal as a reminder of the agreements that you made with yourself. I have these written down. And so I thought it would be cool if you guys could write them down too. Today, I will do my best to speak my truth and be impeccable with my word. Today, I will do my best not to take things personally, remembering it's not about them. It's, it's about them and not me. Today, I will do my best not to assume I know what other people are thinking or feeling. Oh, that's a big one for me. Today, I will simply do my best, no more, no less, and it will come from my heart. Studies show that you remember something more if you write it down. So write this down every day to keep these agreements at the top of your mind. And you can also... um, Just write these in your journal, too. All four agreements are challenging for people who struggle with intimate co-parenting relationships. And the purpose of these journals is, I think, it will give you self-awareness so that you're able to catch yourself when you go against these agreements, which we all do. And it's, like I said before, it's not about being perfect. And it's not about punishing yourself. But with awareness comes the choice to do things differently. And I really wholeheartedly believe this is true. So will you make an agreement with yourself today to honor these four agreements? I think that these four agreements are keys to living a fulfilled, happy life. And when you break one, don't worry, you can begin again tomorrow. And I think that's what's so great. And then and the next day. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey for October um, series when we talked through the four agreements. I hope that you will do your best to honor these, catching yourself when you don't, and remember to always show yourself kindness Thank you and have a wonderful week. Hey, mamas. Thank you so much for joining me again today on Co-Parenting, your Thrive Guide podcast. You can download your free Thrive Guide on my website at DebraLenay.com. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to rate and review me wherever you get your podcast. It really goes in supporting the podcast, and I would really appreciate your feedback, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. My new podcast comes out every Monday, so please join me next Monday. Until next time... I am Deborah Lane and remember for this week to lead your conversations with honesty, clarity, and love, and always give grace extended.